Welcome to the 37th episode of the Turf Talk Young Turfs podcast presented by Viner Four Yates. This is your host, Mason the Intern Viner. And your co-host, Jordan Viner. And on today's podcast, we'll be talking about the Maryland football team's six release times. The basketball schedule has now been added to and Maryland's roster post-departure of Kevin Herter. Yep, we got a bit of a full slate today, so let's get into it. Yeah, to start off, Maryland football releases six times, including some real disappointments for me. Well, to summarize, we have six times out, five of them are at noon. And one of them's in Bowling Green, Ohio at 6 p.m., not televised on the Big Ten Network. Well, we'll get to that in a minute, but Mason, our noon tradition continues. Yeah, Texas, noon. Temple's at noon, which isn't a big surprise. Yeah, but Texas I want to talk about for a second because I was really hoping for a night game. Well, I I really wasn't because the game in Austin was at noon. Or I, I was at 11 there, actually. But it just, that made me kind of expect that there was going to be a noon game here as well. The ones that really disappoint me, though, are the Michigan and Iowa games are also at noon. Well, I'm not surprised. I feel like both of those are ESPN games, making them noon. Yeah, that's also worth mentioning is those two, the last three games, Michigan, Rutgers, and Iowa, all don't have TV dates, while um, Texas, Bowling Green, and Temple do, and now we can talk about that, Mason. Yeah, Texas, FS1, to be expected, as it was on FS1 last year. Oh, it also makes sense, considering both the Big Ten and the Big 12 have Fox Sports contracts. Uh, Bowling Green, ESPN Plus, might be a nice time to use that seven-day trial, or you're going to end up paying five bucks to watch the game, but considering that BTN Plus is like $99 a year, it's, it's not, not a bad deal. Bad. Yeah, just speaking on ESPN Plus in general, I've actually considered getting it already. I think you thought about it too, Mason, just because like for five bucks, it's actually a lot of sports. Yeah, it is, but at the same time, you don't, you don't like to see it. You, know, you don't really need it either. Like it's mostly for national. It's mostly MLB games, and we don't. We're not huge MLB fans, but I think as football season comes around, we might get into it more. So does Watch ESPN not exist anymore? No, it does. But Watch ESPN only carries ESPN televised games like ESPN, ESPN U, ESPN Two. Those are all on Watch ESPN. But all that extra stuff you used to get, like, um, I don't know, like the Matt games, like Buffalo versus Central Michigan, I think those might have moved to ESPN+. Plus. But that's a real... Darren Roval of ESPN would really know that stuff. That's not something I'm acquainted with very well. And then to round it off, we got Temple on BTN, which is pretty standard fare, I think. Yeah, Michigan and Iowa, could they move if Maryland happens to be good? Well, I don't know how you're going to establish yourself as a good team in our first four games. I mean, being Texas and Minnesota would give you something, but I don't know if it'll get us ranked. I think if that Iowa game, if we beat at Michigan and then come back and beat Rutgers, that Iowa game could be flexed, I think. It could, but, you know, when you're talking about the way that we've looked at this team over the years, this is definitely not going to be your number one hardest schedule this year. No, it's finally not. Uh, we still have the Big Ten East gauntlet of Michigan, Michigan State, and Ohio State, and Penn State. I almost forgot about them. But the um, Western teams are much easier this year. Yeah, but you still have to play Iowa, which is really one of the few good teams on the other side. But at least you're getting Illinois. And Minnesota. Well, Minnesota, who knows, really. Well, we're not playing Wisconsin for once. We at least got that going for us. Yes, we do, and basically 
that's it for now. Yeah, I'm sure more stuff will come out pretty soon as we get closer to um, Big Ten. Sorry, not, not Big Ten. Football season in general. Yeah, going on to the Maryland basketball schedule, you now have Delaware, Navy, Hofstra, Marshall, and finally somebody good at Virginia. You forget about Mount St. Mary's, Mason? They made the tournament last year. Yeah, well, okay, whatever. You know what? <laughs> yeah, but going on that, um, these are all the same that we mentioned a few weeks ago, except we finally have a marquee game. Yeah, a forced marquee game. I will not admit that Maryland basketball scheduled this game. It is forced upon them, and therefore it's good. Yeah, well, it's ESPN forcing it. Um, also, on the AC Big Ten Challenge, we got, I believe, North Carolina and Michigan State, which will be the Tier 1 matchup, which is worth watching, and Duke and or nude Indiana. We'll get to that soon. But Maryland and Virginia may be the, the Tier 2 game on the Big Ten schedule. It's looking like a Tier 1 game right now. The Terps are one of three projected ranked teams in the Big Ten, and Virginia is number 7, so it could be Tier 1. But we've already seen this one in the Big Ten ACC Challenge was hoping for something different. Well, just to clarify, the rankings we're using is CBS Sports' um, way-too-early rankings, which are updated post-draft. And I was hoping, we were all hoping it'd be Duke, finally. I think it's fair to say. It's just not, it's not something that I would ever expect. No, it's not. Um, Duke clearly doesn't want to see us. But we did get North Carolina. They don't want to take these hands to their face again. I don't know what the deal is with Duke, actually. I think playing us, just in terms of ranking, would have been better than playing Indiana. I mean, I turned it would, it would, but they they don't do that. We left their conference. That's it. They don't want to play us. I mean, really think about it. Why would they ever want to come to Maryland, Jordan? Well, they're going to Assembly Hall. That's but the, why would they ever want to go to Maryland? Did Assembly Hall throw things at them? Does Assembly Hall yell profanities at them, at their players, coaches, and whoever fans they might bring to the game? Does Did Assembly Hall student section have to move specifically because the students would throw things at the Duke players? I, re- I mean, I know a lot of people love our environment, but I really can't advocate that. That's a bit much. Um, I, like, I'm not upset about this game, though. Virginia is a really good team, and I really, looking at our roster, which we're going to get to in a minute, I think we're going to have a hard time beating Virginia's defense again. Well, you know, with our amazing coaching and really good in-game adjustments, we can really have a good chance. That was something that I think Wayne, maybe somebody else told me when we got this schedule, is you're going to have Mark Trojan try to outcoach Tony Bennett that's not going to work, right? And I think that's a fairly solid argument, is this game might be a blowout. <laughs> to be completely clear, I agree with the Jordan's point, and I was just making a joke. Turgeon against Tony Bennett is really not even a game. I mean, it would be like Maryland football playing Ohio State or Penn State. But you don't feel out coached in those games. You no. feel out-talented. We may have better talent than them, but schematically, we don't stand a chance. Yes, you are right. It's just, we're not built to beat Virginia. It's not the way we play. That's as simple as that. And well, I don't I'm, I don't support the way we play, but it is the way we play And against Virginia. Did we not get close? Did we get close? I actually don't remember. Yeah, that game... That was a long time ago now. That was 2014. Yeah, it was... It's been a while since we played Virginia. But let's look at the roster 
next. Okay, this is... We've been holding off and talking about basketball for a while. I'm sure you've noticed because we didn't know enough to really feel like we could talk about it. Now we know enough. So, Mason, let's break it down for real. So, at point guard, I have, obviously, Anthony Cowan. Yeah, there's no contest. Anthony Cowan was, I think, the best player on the team last year. I know there's a pretty good argument for Kevin Herter as well, but Anthony Cowan really made the team run last year, and I expect him to do the same this year. Uh, shooting guard, I have Aaron Wiggins now that Kevin Herter has moved on to the draft. I just feel like Wiggins is really the only choice here. Yeah, he kind of wins by default. Um, I think Aaron Wiggins is very talented. I think, last time I checked, he was around 40 in the 24-7 composite rankings. He's probably still around there. But he's very athletic. He's a good comp- match with Anthony Cowan, I think. I just don't, I didn't want to be here yet. Yeah, it's just... I really don't know what to say about that. Like, Herder moved on, and then we're almost left with the guy that we really thought could be good off the bench for once. Yeah, but it is what it is. We, were gonna th- we should talk about Kevin Herter's draft departure, maybe after we do our little roster breakdown here. So at uh, small forward, I think we both have Daryl Morsell. Yeah, Daryl Morsell. He just needs to improve his shooting. Other than that, he plays hard, he rebounds well, he can defend. The offense is just not there. Maybe coming into this season... It will be there. Look, I know people say Coach Trojan can't develop at all, but some people have developed a better shot if they can't shoot, and generally if they can't shoot, their shot gets worse. So hopefully <laughs> Morsell will go from the people that can't shoot to the people that can. Well, Darren Morsell had a, such a disappointing season last year for me, the, only because he started the season off so well. And that's not why for me. For me, it would only be disappointing because he was supposed to be able to play point guard. But he really wasn't, and that's we're going to get to that with Eric Ayala in a little bit, but we often sell ourselves, the Maryland fan base I mean, on these combo guards being able to play point guard, but point guards have to be able to play point guard, generally. That is true. Combo guards usually switch between the two and the three. So, yeah, I was hoping he'd be able to play some point guard. He wasn't able to. He almost ended up playing power forward more than point guard last year. But No, he did play power forward more than point guard last year. I think year. you're right. I think he actually started to power forward for a lot of the games. But, look, he needs to be able to shoot. If he can't shoot, then I think Eric Ayala could probably take his spot by midseason. Okay. Uh, power forward, obviously, Jalen Smith. Not, not much conversation there. Well, there is conversation in who... So Bruno's obviously at the center for both of us because I have sticks listed as power forward as well. But... The bigger question for me is, who's actually going to play center here? Who's going to be on the inside more? I think it's Fernando. I don't, because I think Bruno came back to Maryland. We know that. Mm-hmm. And there's only, as we established last podcast, the only reason that could be is because he couldn't shoot well enough. So he's going to want to shoot more. That is true. and Maybe that will be the case, but that's yet to, we're yet to see really what's well, going to go on whose there. Whose skill set do you think is better to play on the inside more? Honestly, I gotta say, Sticks, even though his name is Sticks. Look, it's really debatable. On defense, I feel like once we reach Big Ten play, Bruno's just bigger, so he's gonna have to go against the center. But on the offensive side of the ball, post scoring, I would have to give both of them are pretty even. They're both pretty good. Just whoever's gonna have the better outside shot. And I personally think Bruno can shoot, and Sticks will not really be able to this year. Well, I've heard that he can shoot, though. Is that. From your experience, is that true? No, not really. I never really got to see him in a full game where he really got to go out and really get going. He was 
injured in a game where the Turf Talk crew went out to the second time, and then the first time it was a really physical game that really forced him to play more inside. So I have heard that he can shoot a little bit, but really haven't seen it. Well, going on that, though, you said against Baltimore Polytech is the game you went out to see. He was forced to play inside by the physicality of the game. Big Ten games are notably physical, so is that going to force him to play inside more? If his game factors, if he sees a weakness and he can go inside, then he will, but if not, then he'll have to run through the sets and wherever he gets the ball, he gets the ball. I can't really tell you right now where he's going to play or where Fernando's going to play because it's all in the system that they set up for this year where these two are going to get the ball, but you know they definitely will. Well, that plays into the Turgeon lack of a system aspect again, is that Jalen Smith is the seventh-ranked player at 24-7 right now. How can you, as a coach, not tailor your system to fit someone with that much talent? Because you got Cowan, you got you got other guys. Fernando, there are people there that definitely are close to his talent level. They're just... You get the upper hand because they've been there longer. We've seen this before. That's just... Uh, I'm trying not to lose it here. That's such a bad system, though. It there can't... is no there is no system. You can't even talk about a system. There's well, no system. Well, you just said the system was no, placed... No, 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 no. That is a system of seniority and the way they do things. That's not the system with the way they play basketball. The way they play basketball, I don't know if Albert Einstein and... John Wooden can figure out if they sat in a room and tried to figure out what's going on there. Nobody knows. It does change. I'm not saying it's the same thing over and over and over again and they're going to stick to the same plays. It changes. It's just not executed ever. So are you saying there's no system or are you saying system exists but it's not executed? Those are two different things. Who knows? The system we've never seen be executed. So does that mean there's a system and they just don't do it? That's what he says. Do you believe them? That's another question. Well, if But, they, look, before we get too into this, they are ranked again. I would like to point that out. Yes, and the CBS Sports rankings are 23 right now. But it you can't believe, if you're sitting here like we are, having watched every game for the past, I don't even know how long, you can't believe that they are going to live up to their potential. It's really hard to. Um, look, when they were number two... Going into the season or wherever they ended up, five, six, seven, whatever ranking source you believe, they were number two for a while and number three that season. Yes, they were. They only came apart a little bit at the end of the year, and they still made a Sweet 16 run. It's not like Turgeon was handed some great set of players and didn't do anything with them. He's kind of had to build up the program, and while I don't feel any sympathy for them or any reason why they really shouldn't be better than they have been or why that year when they were number two, they came apart. I have no answers for that. Nobody does. It's just cut the man some slack just a little bit because they are still good. They're not, and I don't really believe in the program the way that they want us to or for any reason. I do get frustrated when watching the games. It's just like, you can't say everything's terrible because they're not terrible. So um, I guess we have to get back to the death chart at this point. Well, power four for me is Sticks <laughs> and center is Bruno, and it's the same for you. Just So finally we have a backup point guard, Cyril Smith, and I'm interested to see how he's used. All right, so as the basketball guy here, um, I have to say Cyril Smith is not up to recruiting standards generally. He is a three-star point guard, and I'm not saying three-star players are necessarily bad, 
But we generally don't take three-star players. He's a four-star by some sources. I don't know what you're saying. No, he is not. Yes, he is. So we looked it up, and he actually isn't. But I think I've seen him as a four-star. I wouldn't be surprised. 24-7 composite is all the major ranking sources. Um, but, yeah, he's going to play just because he can play point guard. Yeah, he is, and that's the end of that story. Shooting guard, look, there's really no backup here, so I give it to Eric Ayala. Jordan? I mean, he's a combo. He's a 3-2-3 kind of, I guess. He's a 6-4 wing. That's what he really is. And, yeah, by default, he's going to play shooting guard because um, we were kind of counting on Aaron Wiggins to be shoot- backup shooting guard. At small forward, I also picked Ayala just because there's really nobody else again. So, here we go. Well... With roster um, construction. Well, this is where we differ a little bit because I have Tomaj playing the backup three. Tomaj cannot play the three. Well, we can also throw in here Trace Ramsey, the three-star developmental prospect from Indianapolis. Some people say he's good. Some people say he's not. He could see some time just because... Just because he's a wing. I hope that they get him out there against teams like Mount St. Mary's and Navy and maybe Delaware just to see what he's got. Um, I got to correct myself real quick. I said Indianapolis. He's from the Indiana- Indianapolis area. He's not actually from Indianapolis. Yes, he could play. I think Tamaj could see some significant time at the three, though. I don't think so. I, I don't think he can dribble that way. Well, just from roster construction, we move forward. Because Bender, I have playing backup four. Uh, Bender, I have is backup five four. Yeah, he could definitely see some time at the five. Schneider Herod obviously will play the majority of that time. But I don't know... Turgeon did not like Tomaj at the four last year, is a read I got. Well, I like Tomaj at the four, so I'm going to put him at the four. I, I liked him at the four, too, but just realistically speaking, I don't think he's going to see a lot of time there. I think he's also better suited as a wing in the Big Ten. Who knows? I mean, his game definitely probably evolved. You'd hope, but there's no again, there's no confidence that it actually happened. Well, but if it didn't, then I don't really see him seeing almost any time. Well, I think Eric Ayala will play time at the 3 and the 1 also. So that could dip into his minutes as well. So maybe Tomajic gets out there at the 3. I have him as my backup 4, and then my backup 5 is Herod, and then my backup 3rd rotation big man is Bender. I don't know if we're going to need a 3rd rotation big man, just considering that our two best players, arguably, are big men and Sticks and Fernando. But Bender definitely will be out there because Turgeon likes Bender. Yes, he will be out there, and we will all be ripping our hair out when he's out there. Really look, 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 look. He is better than what we had out there last year. Yeah, and... Not uh, Bruno, not Bruno. But when we were stuck with Tomajic and Morcel at the four, you were like, eh, maybe Bender, you know. Well, as It we, seemed like as the season gone, went on, he seemed more and more like the hero of Maryland basketball. As weird as it sounds, the roster really didn't fall apart until Bender got hurt. Yeah, I would agree with that. So now moving on to the Big Ten in general, the Terps kind of by default are the third best team. That's up for debate, I'd say. We're definitely in the top four. Your top four in no particular order is Michigan State, Michigan, Indiana, and Maryland. Yeah. So who do you think is the best team in the group, Mason? I got to say it's kind of obvious that it's Michigan State. They return Cassius Winston, Matt McGuay, Joshua Langford, and Nick Ward, and they also bring in highly rated recruit Marcus Bingham. Um, that's one pronunciation of it. It's Bingham. Okay. I, I don't know. Regardless, they're losing the two most talented players in the Big Ten, though, 
in Miles Bridges and Jaron Jackson. That's a lot of production to replace, even for a powerhouse like Michigan State. Look, it is, but at the same time, Winston, they also lo- lost Lou Rawls' Tum Tum Nair. I will miss Lou Rawls' Tum Tum Nair. Yeah, I will too, but Cassius Winston, Joshua Langford, Nick Ward, they can they can handle it, and there's really no other team to compete with them. Well, I Unless just... you're talking about Michigan, who has Xavier Simpson and Jordan Poole and Charles Matthews, it's going to be up to John Teske a little bit to fill in. He was good when he had to be, but as a everyday starter, I don't know. Michigan, I just don't see them. I think Mo Wagner was their key player. Well, yeah, there's no debate about that. And I just don't think they have they don't they have a pretty good recruiting class, okay? They have one, two, they have four four-star recruits. But I just don't see them replacing such a, a good player. In such a short amount of time. Yeah, it's really hard to see that, but you can say the same thing about Indiana. All they're doing is recruiting, and they have Morgan, but there really isn't much coming back. Okay, I have to disagree on this one. Indiana, last season, they started the season horribly, as we all know. But at the end of the season, they started having just an insane run. And that was only been punctuated with the 13th best recruiting class, excuse me, the 9th best recruiting class in the country, featuring three four-stars and the 6th rated player in the country in Romeo Langford from Albany, Indiana. They, to me, are the up-and-coming pick in the Big Ten, and they are my number one team. See, well, where does Maryland fit into this? Okay, now we're getting back to uh, on track. Maryland, to me is the third best team in the Big Ten, top four, and the Big Ten in general, I suppose. They, It goes Indiana, Michigan State, Maryland, Michigan to me in that top tier. Look, for me, all, any team in this list can either go up or go down, and for me, Maryland's going down. Maryland just, they don't have it this year. Cowan, Morsell, Wiggins, Jalen Smith, and Bruno Fernando will not provide what they need from a real starting lineup. Unless one of these guys emerges as a real scorer, there really won't be much to talk about unless they can play good defense, which really, when you're talking about Mark Turgeon, we've never seen. Are you implying they're not going to stay in the top four, or they're going to be the bottom of the top four? Because I'd say the next best team is Wisconsin. Look, maybe they turn out well, or maybe they don't. None of these teams are certain, that's all I'm saying. And for me, Maryland's either going to be third, fourth, fifth, it's just... It's not certain until we even see. They haven't even started practicing. I, I know that. And in the two early, if you're just talking about who they have and everything's a factor, they're probably fourth or third. I would agree with that. Um, so the Big Ten, as we all know, the last couple of seasons has been ridiculed for its lack of quality teams. Do you think that continues this season? A little bit. But I never see it that way. I see the Big Ten as a strong and deep conference that – Regardless of whatever people say, they seem to always have a team in the Final Four, or at least in the Elite Eight. It's not like they're the ACC where they're super high-rated, and then they all just get eliminated. So it's like we're not the Pac-12. I guess. They're not, they're not like any other conference. Well, they're I, good without being great, and at the same time, they're still valued, even though not a lot of teams have really produced much. Well, the issue of the Big Ten that keeps coming up, and I agree that we usually do well in the tournament. But in the regular season, we struggle so much to field good teams that we get hurt in our tournament bids. And we saw that last year with the NIT with Maryland in that 
the committee looked at the Big Ten and said, I mean, they're okay in conference, but this conference just isn't very good, so by default, they lose out. Well, the NIT is a whole different thing, yeah. But that's how the tournament looks at Big Ten teams overall, is the feeling. I don't feel like that, either. The Big 12 is alright. I mean, they had a great year last year. But when the Big 12's not great, the Big 10 fills in. It's not like last year is such an anomaly because of how good the Big 12 was that you can't even compare it. Do you really think that's the case, though? Do you think that we're not going to have a similar situation this year where if Maryland or, I don't know, if Wisconsin, more realistically, isn't, isn't doing great, they're 12-6 um, and six in conference play? 12-6, and six, they're in. But that wasn't the case last year. That's what I'm saying. Nebraska was 12 and Nebraska 6. Nebraska was screwed by the committee, and everybody knows it. Everybody knows that they didn't do well in the NIT. Yeah, but they, were, they went to the NIT. That's such a letdown. You can't even say that. The NIT is not a way to look at a season. The NIT lets them now conference champions. It's not the same thing anymore. But they are... But they didn't produce in the NIT, all right? They were expecting to win the tournament. They were let down. good indicators on how the committee views teams. Yeah, that's bubble. not what I'm saying. And, that, and that's what I'm saying, So though. are you saying that if they no, go to the NIT and they listen, produce, they should have been in the tournament? Are you saying that if they went there and they made to, to Madison Square Garden, they should have been I'm in like, the tournament? Hang on for a minute. Nebraska, Penn State were considered by us, you and me, to be bubble teams. Yes? Yeah. They were the both four seeds in the NIT. That's Which how is, far out they were from the tournament. I know how you feel here, but that's how the committee views it. That's a problem for us. Yeah, but that's last year. Every year's not new year. You think the Big 12 was good the year before? The answer to that is no. And they weren't really that great this year. They were pretty good, though. I mean, they were great this last year, but when they went to the tournament, nothing happened. Kansas went to the Final Four. So did Michigan. Kansas State to... went to the Elite Eight. And? You're saying they didn't do on the tournament. They only have 10 teams. That's 20% of the conference got to the Elite Eight. 30%. But yeah. There! Who's the third team? Texas Tech. You're right. You're well, poop- you're not... You see, you can't. You don't even know what you're talking about. It's if you do a little bit. But if you look at the end of the game, that's last year. I, I don't even know what you want me to say about it. The team that I really want to look at when you're talking about Big Ten basketball this year is Rutgers because they played well at the end of the last season, and I think they didn't lose that much. They could be good. I really like their coaching. I really like the way they play. Um, I didn't realize there for a while that you were actually getting back on topic. I kind of agree with you for Rutgers. That's a very strange transition. Um, I think Rutgers actually could be a sleeper. I agree with you on that. I think they're probably not a tournament team still, but they do have the components to be a surprise team. And in this weird, wacko Big Ten that we seem to still be living in, who knows? Maybe they could make it into the top half of the conference. So, who's your too early to pick it conference champion? I'd say regular season conference champion for me is Indiana. I think they are very talented. I think Archie Miller is a great coach. I'd say the tournament champion... I'm, I'm kind of feeling Wisconsin, actually, is a sleeper tournament champion. See, I'm going to pick Michigan State as my regular season champion. And then, of course, you got to pick Michigan in the tournament. I, I was thinking that, but they don't... You know, three straight years could be rough, too. I'd say from um, watching the NBA Finals for the last few years, yes. By the time you get to three times in a row, it gets a bit old. Uh, the tournament's back in Chicago this year, so that means we're not going to be have such an easy ride to get there. But rest assured, some of us from Turf Talk will be there. As always, and I think that's going to do it for this 
edition of the Turf Talk Young Turfs podcast presented by Viner Four Gates. As always, for your IT solutions and needs, check out Viner Four Gates on the web at www.vinerfourgates.com. Jordan had a heated podcast this week, too. Yeah, I, I think it was a good one, even though it was a lot different than our usual ones. Well, when it comes to basketball, we have some very strong and very different opinions. We know that very well. I agree with that, and we'll see you guys next weekend because now we're officially in the off season, and it's a long walk before September first. Do you think that maybe we'll finally get into the off season topic list? Because maybe do have I, I don't know. Things do continue to happen. I think as we'll... always in sports, and yeah, that's going to be it. As always, we would like to thank you guys for listening.